0: Hey sis, welcome back to Sis the Podcast. And as usual, I'm your host, Hey Aisha. And this week, I have a very special guest and I'm super excited. I know you could probably hear it in my voice more than usual if you know me. If you don't, I'm gonna tell you why I'm super excited today because one of my longtime sisters, my cousin actually, but my sister cousin, Uh, She is one of the people who I am most close to in this life. She is joining me today. And she has some very interesting and profound and different perspectives on healing and sisterhood. And so I'm so excited to just share her with you because she blesses my life all the time. And so the fact that I can bless my new sisters, my sisters listening to this and my sisters near and far, with her it's a blessing to me and I hope you are all blessed by it as well but first you know how we do it around here I am going to hit you guys with the feature business of the episode so this week I decided to do something slightly different for the feature business of the episode instead of telling you how much I love something I'm going to introduce you to the author of a poetry book her name is Natasha Ross. She's the author of The Silent Move of Love, A Book of Poetry. You can follow her on Instagram at the underscore sky underscore rose. Her information will be in the show notes. And today she's just going to tell you a little bit about her thoughts on sisterhood and healing. Natasha will share her thoughts with you and then you'll meet Nefra. And we'll have a conversation about healing, sisterhood, and what that's looked like for her throughout the years.
1: Healing, the returning of a person to the general state of well being. My thoughts and feelings about healing and sisterhood is that having a sisterhood creates a safe space for healing. And healing from experiences that negatively affected one's life is the most challenging path that someone chooses to journey. When you decide that you are ready to heal, in my experience, God will take care of you by sending you light, love, and support through friends or maybe someone just passing through to form a bond that magnifies understanding, grace, and strength. To heal, you'll need support because it can be a lonely and dark journey, and you're going to need someone to be there for you when you can't be there for yourself. A sisterhood may consist of women who have all experienced life differently or some of the same and are able to provide each other with the tools needed for when one falls out of alignment with the best of themselves, which for me, all around is well being. And that includes the mind that holds our thoughts and our body that holds our feelings, which directs our actions. And those actions can be steps to heal or no action taken to heal. And your sisters will be there to remind you of the benefits of healing. And that to me is why having a genuine sisterhood, especially at a young age, is so important.
2: My name is Nefra. And I am from California, from Southern Cal, born in San Diego, raised in Riverside. But I've been living in Brooklyn for over a decade now. And my experience in sisterhood, I would have to say, starting with family, I had very positive experiences being supported by my biological sisters. I also had a very strong sisterhood with with you, with my cousin, Aisha, and that kind of shaped how I view sisterhood and just how I valued the relationships with women in my life in general. But I will say that it wasn't until I began working and really understanding the power of the divine feminine, what some people call it, um, we call it offset and Heteru in my tradition, that's when I think I really started to gain more of an appreciation for women and the qualities that are more natural to women that they inherently bring versus just, you know, these are the women in my life that I love and support because they're the women in my lives and really just that helped me grow my love for women in general, which then allowed me to kind of branch out and have a lot more fruitful relationships outside of just my family relationships with other women.
0: All right, we are now back with my cousin Nefra, my sister cousin Nefra. And it's a busy day in Brooklyn. It's the middle of day here in California. And we're just going to have a conversation about sisterhood, healing, the divine feminine and what that all means. And so with that, never say hi in real time.
2: <laughs> hey everyone.
0: <laughs> yes, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing great. Honestly, it's Friday. So that means tomorrow I get to sleep in and spend the whole day with my son. He just turned four months today. So I'm pretty excited about the weekend. <laughs>
0: So, okay, let's talk about, this isn't really on path, but you brought up my cutie patootie little cousin. He's so little and it's such a big transition. How has that impacted your sisterhoods? this new transition into mommyhood?
2: You know, I would say that it's kind of ushered in um, many new relationships because now I'm connecting with other mothers. And that's really been a beautiful part of him coming. It's like, you know, people will call and share and just, you know, be a support and let me know that the things I'm experiencing are like very natural and normal to motherhood. So, yeah, I'm really grateful for that. It's like he's opened up a whole new world of relationships for me.
0: I love that because I think you hear so much about people saying like a lot of friends dropped off because... Or I've heard that in the past for some people, but it doesn't have to be that way, right? When right. you transition into a new, it doesn't have to be that way. you're finding that you're able to open up and have new friends and make new connections because of your beautiful
2: blessing. <laughs> yes, I, and I will say that the same for family. I feel like more connected to family because I think it's something about that, like bringing a child, it kind of just brings people together. So, yeah, he's been definitely been a connector, baby.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So we are going to talk about your experience with sisterhood and healing and the divine feminine and all of that. And I just know that this audience, sis, the sis audience is going to be blessed by it because you bless me so much with everything that you share with me. And you are honestly, okay, y'all, I'm about to, you know, I like to get on my stories tangent. Okay. So. Nefra and I grew up together. Um, I remember when she first moved to California from Milwaukee. uh, I was very, very little. And we did not get along when we were young. We We did not. We (laughs) argued. We fussed. We had some really messy moments. Both of us. We both You know, we had some growing to do because we were children. I remember we got a spanking for fighting each other one time when we were taking a shower. I will never forget that spanking. My mom whooped us for fighting each other. Do you remember that?
2: I do not remember
0: that, but I'm not surprised. (laughs) We both had tempers. (laughs) We both had had tempers. And I'm going to tell you, I never forgot that whooping, though, because I was like, oh... Well, she's my cousin. I ain't fighting her because I don't want no more of what my mama is carrying. So, oh <laughs> so I <laughs> I remember from that day forward, I was like, you don't fight your family. My mama put that into me with her hand. <laughs> I <was just> <laughs> like... <laughs> but I I've said this to you before um, that you are one of my best relationships. And I say almost like a soulmate because through our difficult start to what it's blossomed into, where you're one of my most trusted people, people that I care for the most in my life. It just shows me the work that you have to put in and the growth and what's really required to have great relationships. So thank you for being amazing and just being a a great source of love
2: in my life. Thank you, and thank you for being amazing and a great source of love in my life. I really, I cherish our relationship, and you're right. I mean, I remember there were times I'd come home and tell my dad, like, I'm not talking to Asia anymore, <laughs> anymore. We would have our fallouts, and we would sometimes just go, you know, months without speaking. This is when we were, like, adolescents and preteens, And so, yeah, for us to have a relationship where it's like, You're someone who I can literally tell anything. I don't feel like there's, you know, if I have something that I'm like, okay, I'm keeping this close to my chest. You know, you're on that list, though. (laughs) You are on that list. So I really, really appreciate your fellowship and just your love and support all through the years.
0: Yes. I mean, yeah, I was telling somebody the story about how I was just like a spoiled brat. And I remember you used to always call me on it and I used to get so mad, but I remember like even with me being a cancer, for, for those of y'all who didn't know this, I'm a cancer. And if you know anything about astrology, they talk about the moodiness of this this water sign. And, um, and I remember one time being so mad at you because you were like, oh, you're having one of your mood swings. My dad is right on the cusp and he acts just like you sometimes. And I was like, be quiet. I didn't want to hear. I didn't want to hear it. But now I'm so thankful for that. So let's talk a little bit about how difficult relationships can um, help to direct you, guide you, sharpen you. And also like, how do you heal? Cause we both have in those time frames, we hurt each other. So how do you heal from that to even be able to get back to
2: each other? You know, I feel like so much of the healing is really prompted by your own, like your own readiness to kind of grow and accept things. So even though I know we would give each other an earful when we weren't happy with each other growing up, I really do sincerely feel that it was like our own path though, that kind of prompted us to grow to where we could really become more loving and supportive of one another. Not to say that like external things can't be, you know, stimuli to help push you. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like you have to look in the mirror and make that decision. Like, you know what? I didn't like what my cousin said about me, but it's true and I'm gonna work on it. You know, it kind of has to be like a a personal commitment. So I just feel like both of us, we have been committed to just improving how we are, like improving who we are to ourselves. And I think in turn, like we've just become better people and therefore better in our relationship together.
0: Absolutely. I remember a key time for me is when you had gotten that car wreck and you were in the hospital. And then I think we maybe had even been mad at each other a little time before that. And my mom was like, "Nephra is sick and we got to go see her. I was like, I'm mad at her or something. And my mom was like, you're going. And when I got there and I saw you in that hospital bed, I was wrecked. I was oh acting God. so weird. I wasn't talking. I wasn't saying anything. And you were sitting there. And I remember I used to internalize things. So I was like, I was so mean to her. This is why this happened to her. Right. And this is, I never told you this, but I was thinking this. In no, my you hands. didn't.
2: Oh my goodness. <laughs> and
0: in that moment, I literally was sitting there acting so weird, being quiet. I put my hand on the bed and I prayed. I said, God, if you heal her. I will never be mean to her again.
2: <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> you hear me, cousin? Your, your, your pledge to God is what turned it around because, you know, I, I didn't know how close to fatality I was in that accident, but they were kind of like, you know, will I pull through? Like, you know, so yes, that prayer is what got me through, cousin. It's what got me through.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I you know being a drama queen, right? Or or, or um healing from being a drama queen. <laughs> it's like so. I um I don't know if I actually made if I committed to that, but I do feel like I always remember that as a pivotal point. Maybe around sixteen, because then I went to college, then you went to college, and we would make a point to like when we come home to hang out or to at least check in with each other. And as we got older, we made sure that was more consistent, more consistent, more consistent. Right. And um, so I do think it's like, we both were have always been committed to personal growth. And I never realized that until you said that, because I feel like I just got committed to that within the last five years, but no. And, no. and I, think, I think we both had something to do with that in each other's
2: lives. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And I think it's also family culture. It's like, you better be improving yourself all the time, you know?
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, so at least, and I think what I love about you is you don't just see it as career. You don't just see it as, you know, earning money. You see it from a total perspective to where removing bad habits and healing from past trauma is also part of that process. So can you tell me a little bit about your overall healing journey and a little bit, um, you know, just whatever you wanna share in that regard.
2: Okay, sweet. So just to give you a little like background, if any of you watch Avatar The Air, the the Last Airbender, <laughs> I will be part of the Fire Nation. <laughs> so, you know, I could be very ambitious, very sharp, you know, in school, I always really like excelled academically. And you know, those things came natural. But also, with that same energy, you know, I could just be extremely critical of others, which of course, you know, if you're that way with other people, you're that way with yourself. And just there was a certain sharpness, when there didn't need to be, that I wasn't really proud of, but not really knowing how to fix it. But just knowing that, It's something that, you know, many people commented about over the years, like my tongue and, you know, and my mother would, you know, say like, you know, the tongue can be a sword and that, you know, the way I use my words, I could really like cut people down. So kind of knowing and understanding that I also understood that it it was kind of like intertwined and wrapped in my gifts, but that it was kind of like the curse of my gifts. But I wasn't really aware of how I could let that go, let the negative aspects of that fire in my personality go and still hold on to the virtues of, you know, things that actually helped me succeed and, you know, do really well in my schooling and things like that. So it wasn't until I started to study, you know, traditional African religion, and specifically in set, where God is basically like the aspects of God are viewed through, they're called Orishas and Yoruba. We call them the Netaru. And so specifically they speak about like feminine aspects of God. And one of those I realized that I came to really learn about is called Heteru or Oshun. And she flows and operates (laughs) almost like polar opposite to the way that I was used to you know, used to gaining success. I was used to gaining success always just through like, I'm going to just like outsmart, outplan, outwit, and that's how it's going to come to me. And Heteroo is a lot about relationships with people. And it's about, you know, making people feel a certain kind of way and really using sweetness and gentleness and understanding how that can be so much more effective than, you thinking you're just gonna ax your way with a machete through, you know, it's kind of like a whole different approach. So, you know, and a big part of it is meditation. So me being a pretty, I would say externalized person, meditation, it didn't come easiest for me. But through the years meditating, and really using like a specific meditation system, where in my meditations i wouldn't just visualize like what i want like i think it's great it's it's nice to spend time just visualizing what you want but there's these certain meditations that i know really help attract certain things in my life where i would work on a scenario i remember one really specifically when i was um i was doing spiritual work to attract a house cuz i really want to buy a house in brooklyn and you know there's a lot of all cash buyers out here it's a market where we have you know people with international cash and then we have our local jewish community who has lots of cash so you can really just be locked out of the market um with if you don't have that cash or you know i had many deals go through so i said you know what i am not going to i can't intellectualize my way to success with this one and i'm really going to lean on god and really lean on the head of faculty which is what um, i realized is what i needed to attract that house so i remember i was teaching and i had a temper with teaching so I know like now you you wouldn't even believe like the amount of patience I've cultivated over the years. But in the beginning, I did not have a lot of patience. But externally, I couldn't say things. I couldn't do things. I felt like every student needed a spanking. Like internally, that's how I felt. And it will result in just like a certain sharpness. And don't get me wrong. My kids were like the best behaved class, but they where they thought i was just heartless like they were just like okay this program is crazy okay but, but, but they they appreciated that our class wasn't like disorderly like some of the other classes but at the same time they were just like it's too intense being around you you know because i was just like on them every single second so i remember specifically having a couple of students that I just would feel that fire rage, like they would say certain things and do things and I would feel it come up so as part of, you know my work to to get the house, I said, okay, I'm going to really conquer that, that rage and I'm going to just affirm that like, you no, know, I could be peaceful and like the love that I show and the patience I show to these children is what I show myself and that God has really created me to be able to like handle the situation with ease and as a as the kind of like the blessing from me making an effort to really align myself with the ways of God and with God and how God would really want to see me, um, would really want to come through me to help heal these children. I just kept focusing on that. And I, I actually, I remember the day that one of my students who used to, oh my goodness, like if I tell you, you would not guess that she was 10 because her mouth, it was like she was a bitter it was like she had just been through a lot and she had gone through some things but she also had a mother who when she was younger from what the staff told me whenever she would curse and just do things that her mother always said it was so cute it was so cute so now she's 10 and it's like you're not really like a toddler you're not at that cutie age anymore and you're saying these like horrendous things out of your mouth and I would just you know It was always a struggle for me to maintain my composure and peace and really come to her from love and not just like frustration so i remember the first time that like she said something and internally i didn't have that fire come up and i girl i went out into the the little stairwell where no one could see me and i was just praising god like yes yes like we're doing this and that shift i know it had to just release so much energy because the house came like shortly after and I mean I was looking for months I had many offers go through and I said that I wanted you know certain specifications I had many realtors telling me that I was just someone who would never pull the trigger because they would show me properties, and they weren't my vision and it's like I don't think this is what God has for me so I would like you know say no thank you and they'd be like you're just not going to buy anything but I finally got you know the house and it met all the it checked all the boxes of what I really wanted and I know that that was like a result of me working through that divine feminine energy and learning that you know I can be very sharp in the ways that I need to be but also know that I can move in love and gentleness and sweetness and how that can really heal and transform my life.
0: Right. And not just your life, but like the lives of others, too, because I'm sure like even going back to the student, the young lady who, you know, these kids be knowing now. They know <laughs> when they get to you now. They know. And the the real smart ones, they be like, hmm, Miss Crompton, she all that. Let me I got some for her. And they'll pull out their little trick out the bag to, to try to get that rise out of you, you know. And so I'm right. sure when you started having a different response, it probably shifted her behavior as well, too, over time. I hope so. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah I, now she is probably like, oh, my, if, you know, graduated from high school. So maybe one day our paths will cross again <laughs> and I'll get to see like.
0: <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. I know uh, one of our aunts. I used to always uh, be and and our uncle they're educators and so I remember hanging out with them and somebody would say excuse me are you miss so and so and yeah you are my second grade teacher and I just you know so she might be one of those people that just pops up like that and I hope so too I hope it it helped to change her now when you were talking about instead of focusing on the thing itself and then focusing and instead of focusing on the thing itself, and then shifting shifting the focus to the thing that was possibly holding you back from the thing that you wanted, this is I'm I'm putting I'm putting the Beyonce reference in here. I, it okay, just
2: okay.
0: it reminds me of her song uh, Six Inch" off of the um, I think it's the Lemonade album. Yeah, it's the Lemonade album where she okay. talks about this girl who is working. You know, she um. She's she's just killing everybody in the game. She works for her money. You know, Monday through Friday, she's, she's getting them dollars. But she says she has this one line um, after she says she grinds from day to night and she works from Friday to Sunday. She says she gon' slay too smart to crave material things. So she doesn't, so the material is not her motivation. And I remember when I first heard that line Look, if you are, I'm maybe I'm making this too deep. So I'm about to preface this. I'm, I I probably make stuff too deep all the time. But when I first heard that line off the Lemonade, lemonade album, I had a moment where I was like, okay, so I'm not praying for the things I'm praying for the vehicles to get me to the things. And I literally said a prayer for like revelation, like God show me what's holding me, what's holding me back from what you have for me so that I can improve and be a better person. And God has shown me a lot. I'm like, okay, is the list stopping? Like, where's the list, where does it where does it end God? But um, you really made me think about that moment that I had because a lot of times we pray for the thing and we get mad when we pray for it. We don't get it. But sometimes the trials that we go through while we're trying to get to the thing is preparing us for the thing. And it's healing us so we can be ready to manage and have the thing. Because Nefer's being modest. She has a house, but she has a house, a multifamily. With, it's a walk up. If you're from New York, you know what that means. If you're not it has multiple floors that are apartments. So not only is this a place that she lives, but she makes money off of where she lives. So it's not just any old house right there, you know? So she was able to get exactly what she wanted through self cultivation, healing, and um, just learning how to be better to people and helping people. I think that is the perfect place to stop our conversation. Nefer has had a journey through healing that is marked by lots of self-work and her spirituality has really driven that. We're going to pause right there because we had over an hour conversation and I am not going to pack all of that into one episode. There will be a part two that will drop next week, but hope that you got something out of this. It is my intention that everyone gets something out of each episode about sisterhood, but also about what role they play in sisterhood and how they can be a better sister going forward. I also hope that this pushes you towards committing to introspection and self-work, not only so that you could be a better sister, but just so you can be closer. To God, whoever you call God or whatever spiritual beliefs you hold. I hope this put an emphasis on spirituality and how whatever your discipline, your religion, your belief system is, spirituality plays a role in your your cultivation your evolution, and your growth, and that can have a better impact on your relationships. I so appreciate you all for listening, those of you that have been listening, and whether this is your first listen or your 10th listen, I thank you so much as always. I have one final hope for you as this episode ends. I hope that peace and love flow through your life like an endless Endless, endless river. And I hope that the love and the acceptance and the support of sisterhood just falls fresh on you like morning dewdrops. Until next time, sis, peace.